Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building, and we got myself on this Friday, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Solana, Polygon, and Stellar are all working with financial giants to bring forth a new era of payments. As a Wells Fargo employee is doubling down on the unique ability of the XRPL, stating what's being built right now is one network for all the banks. Tokenization of real-world assets is taking the world by storm. As JP Morgan announces a new blockchain development in cross-border payments, stating that instant payments will revolutionize finance. And with the CFTC proposing a trial run on the USA crypto regulation, we break down the details, showing our community how governments around the world are in the process of going digital. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3 t Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, first of all, love the Merlin gear, my friend. But second of all, how are you feeling this morning? And thanks for making time for us. Well, I'm feeling a little anxious right now. I signed up for my XRP 929 party event, got the confirmation, but no email came in. So I don't know if I'm going to be going to this thing or not. You reach out to them, nobody answers you. So it's kind of frustrating. Other than that, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. Love you guys and appreciate you for showing up every single day, just like God's so hard at work. Good to see you guys. I love you guys. Absolutely, Gonzo. I'm excited to have you in the building. And Johnny, it sounds like the three-letter agencies got to that list before you did. You may be blacklisted, my friend. We'll have to do some research. I'm only kidding. But Gonzo, how are you feeling, my friend? And thank you for being here. I'm feeling great, man. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are in the world. Appreciate all of you being with us. Just truly, like every time I get up in the morning and I get ready to do the prep for the show, it's truly a humbling experience. Love you all. Um, yeah, man, yesterday I just did a lot of prep work because I've got to do a lot of videos with our revamp and some of the Spanish stuff. But uh, it's going to be a, a great show. And don't worry, Johnny, don't put that negativity out in the universe. That email confirmation is somewhere in the ether and we just have to kind of manifest it into existence. It's going to show up. Absolutely, guys. And worst case scenario, I'll FaceTime Johnny Crypto from the event. But we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button to get updates throughout the day. When we look at the daily movers this morning, we've got XDC up 6.8%. That's pretty exciting for our listeners. And I'm sure we're going to be discussing why this morning. When we check out our Merlin market update, we are sitting at $1.04 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 48% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 25,800. Ethereum, 1,600. XRP's 50 cents and Cardano still sitting at 25 cents this morning. And not only are we going to start this video with a great video out of David Schwartz from this weekend, guys, but this is something we didn't get to really touch upon yesterday, Johnny, and I think a lot of our listeners would be interested. Yesterday on the uh, Ripple website, they actually updated the scalability portion for the XRP ledger. And what they translated it to is previously, the XRPL could only handle 1,500 transactions per second. Well, that has now officially been increased by Ripple to 3,400 transactions per second. I wanted to get some quick comments for you, and then I'm going to play that David Schwartz video. Well, at the end of the day, when this, when this whole thing plays out, scalability is going to be the big thing that everybody's competing on. It's going to come out to, you know, TPS, who's got the fastest transactions. And so, I mean, that's going to be something. So Ripple needs to continue to uh, innovate there because they're going to get bypassed. In fact, they're not even the fastest anymore. I think it's HBAR. Somebody, I forgot what it was. HBAR, there's somebody that's like 15,000. So 
uh, I think they definitely have to continue to push, push the push that um, scalability. It's going to be big for them because think about it. If you want to be the rails of the world, <laughs> fifteen hundred transactions per second is still not may not be enough when you think about it in the long run. So good to see them pushing. Good to see them innovating in that space. Yeah, H part areas. I knew it was like ten or fifteen thousand. So um, they have to continue to, to push and, and push the boundaries in that area because they are not going to be uh, already. They're not the leaders, right? And and it's going to make a hard argument to be the rails of the world and then have limited scalability that can, can slow down transactions or not allow you to process them. So Gonzo, um, really quick. Oh, sorry, Johnny. That's my fault guys, but we already got 203 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. As you can tell, these are live episodes, never edited, but Gonzo, one of the things that I'm looking at as we, as we check out what's happening in the crypto market today is people are waiting for the emergence of the best technologies. But what I think is really happening is a movement into better technologies. And although uh, the XRP is technically not the fastest blockchain in the world, it's definitely one of the best products that exists today. So what do you think about the scalability news? XRP moving from 1,500 transactions per second to over 3,400 transactions per second. Yeah, so it's basically kind of doubling them up. You know, and you're going to need that. When you're talking about payments, there's two things that you need. You need security and you need scalability or transactions mm -hmm. per second. So at some point, you know, you, you got to look at what are the total transactions that usually get moved through like payment systems like Visa, MasterCard, and some of the other ones, and then see how they compare. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think that you're going to get multiple rails or multiple like protocols that are in the payments, like kind of ecosystem, right? Uh, we're going to see which ones play out. Like right now we have like the leader is Ethereum. Because of stable coins, you know, Solana's thrown in that mix. We understand that there's better technology, but it just matters if we get the adoption, right? The network effect. Are they actually going to start using these even because there are better technologies? That remains to be seen, but that's why we have multiple, like Johnny likes to say, we have multiple horses in the race. And then at the end of the day, we'll see who wins. Multiple horses in the race. Well, here's something we're going to talk about right now. How many races are in this horse? And the XRPL, <laughs> for everybody who doesn't know, Johnny, the XRPL is the only token with regulatory clarity in the United States. And here's a video of David Schwartz doubling down on that fact. After a nearly three-year battle with the SEC and the worst Christmas ever, the federal court in the United States has ruled that as a matter of law, XRP in and of itself is not a security. Yeah, that one, you can applaud all you want for that one. Other than Bitcoin, XRP is now the only digital asset with regulatory clarity in the United States. Yeah, I, I can, I'd applaud for that one too. Guys, what's the, the positive news here? XRP is the only asset with digital clarity, but you heard it from David Schwartz. Apparently Bitcoin, has regulatory clarity as well. And we've always talked about how that's a subject of opinion, Johnny, not a matter of law. But why are people like David Schwartz continuing to regurgitate this fact? Well, I mean, it is fact. There's no question about it that Bitcoin is not a security. There's no entity to sue. You have to meet the Howey test to be able to have a security. And so why even talk about it? Why Why is there even a... There's never going to be a discussion about XR, about Bitcoin being a security. It will never happen, and there's no reason to even talk about it because you, you can't. It doesn't meet the definition. So it'll remain a commodity, and that's fine, and it should, and you know, and that's it. But I think so from that perspective, I, I don't say Bitcoin has a free pass. Bitcoin is not a security and cannot be by definition. So there's no reason to even go after it. Now, all the other you know entities and coins that, that have entities and meet the Howey test like Ripple could have, We'll have to go through some sort of test or meet some kind of law regulation. And right now, the only kids on the block that can brag about not being a security, at least under programmatic sales, you know, it's a little tricky because, you know, I love David Schwartz, but you got to be careful. The reality is, yes, XRP can be a security. And in fact, it was ruled as a security in the lawsuit from financial institutional transactions. So depending on how it's pitched and, and proposed, it can still be a security. So we should all be mindful of that however in the perspective of being secondary sales on, on on exchanges through programmatic sales 
Those are not right now classified as securities. And so that's what he's talking about there, Abs. And that's why he's excited. And that's why there's a party on 929 that right now I won't be able to go to. But other than that, well, uh, unless I can be your plus one, Abs, we'll have to see if they allow plus Listen, one. Listen, I've already extended the invite for the plus one, Johnny. You don't even have to question that, my friend. But we got 255 <laughs> live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this is a video that's becoming more important than ever. A Wells Fargo employee is stating that what she's seen behind the scenes leads her to believe that the XRPL is one network for all of the banks. And this is a little bit of a longer video, guys, so bear in there. It is full of exciting information. I've been in banking since 2006. Um, at the time when I uh, you know, found out about XRP, I was actually working in cash operations. And that's kind of how I've always looked at it, was that cash is one day going to go bye-bye. Like, it's not... It's not going to be a thing anymore. Um, oh, I have to be. Is this recorded? This is like going to be recorded, right? Uh, we could start up another non-recorded if you want. Um, well, I just kind of have to be careful with what I put out in the universe. Um, but Understood. I'll just say that there are countries who are already moving away from cash. Right. I mean, we've seen, and and we've seen that. It's, it doesn't look like yeah. public. It's pretty much public knowledge as well. Yeah, and, and, the, and um, the pandemic sped that up uh, a lot. Oh, for sure, for sure it did. And I honestly believe it. That was they were partly testing that. Um, whether anyone agrees with me or not, like it's just what I believe. Um, but yeah, so for instance, over in other countries, like any new customer, they're not going to be offered any product or service that um, requires check or cash. Wow. And that's for every new customer. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's happening. But when you try to come out into the space and talk about it, people are like, well, where's your proof? Where's your proof? And I'm like, I'm an, an employee. Like, I can't give you the proof. <laughs> like, I, I just, I don't know what more I can do to kind of help wake people up that there is going to be a major um, global financial shift. The great thing about this space is that everyone is spot on. Like when I entered this space, it was to only confirm what I hear, what I see. Um, so everything that's going on right now, it is happening. It is real. Um, I don't. I don't really know how to express it or explain it more than that. Um, without you know, put my career on the line. <laughs> but um, I'm not under an NDA, but I am under you know, or I can't speak to things specifically with Wells Fargo. Um, and so I won't, but I can say that this is going to be global. We already know that. And uh, I, I just, I don't know what else I'm allowed to say from here. I still have to, you know, talk back with corporate. I haven't even talked to them yet. Ripple, I feel would be, um, they will be the, the one uh, entity, I guess I could say, um, that is going to take over global payments. I just see it. Um, that's my personal opinion. I don't work for Ripple. I'm not endorsed by Ripple. And they're going to make a dent in the universe. You know, they said it too. Yeah. And I mean, there's a huge problem globally within the financial system. And honestly, no bank has been able to communicate with one another ever. That's never been a thing. Bank of America cannot communicate with Wells Fargo. That's why we have SWIFT and every all these other third parties in place. These banks cannot communicate. And I feel like that is where the game changer is with Ripple, is that this puts everyone on the same network. And I just minds this is bigger than what most people can fathom in their own minds and i'm just trying to push the info out there i mean i just i don't it does sound a little hypish, Johnny. I'm not going to lie, but let's discuss the details here, guys. We got 292 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And there were two things that really stuck out to me there. One, she addressed the infinite printing that happened during 2020. And I have a great illustration to show our listeners. 80% of circulating cash in the United States economy today was printed after 2020. And I said that correctly. It's not 40%. It is now 80% of US dollars were not in circulation during 2019. But she also said, Johnny, that, that Ripple is creating one network 
for all the banks. And she thinks it's much bigger than just Bank of America or America as a whole. It is a global shift. So you tell me and we'll kick it to Gonzo. What was most important to you about this video? Well, I mean, to me, the most important was the stress in her voice. And I'll explain that in a second. Do you know how long ago that spaces took place, Abs? Was that a... I believe it was three months. Okay, so that was just recently. That was I thought so. Uh, the time frame on that wasn't clear, but uh, you could you could hear the stress in her voice in terms of being afraid of what she you know she probably knows a lot more than she's letting on to. I would sense. Uh, I actually tried to reach out to her to get her on the show, and she never replied. So I guess she kind of disappeared here. But um, for the time being, or maybe taking a back seat, maybe she got yelled at. Who knows? But uh, you know, it certainly sounds like she has some knowledge of what's happening. Uh, and, and, and it's no, what's the word at this point in time? No surprise. I mean, we all know what's coming. Anybody in this show, anybody in our audience all knows where we're headed. Um, I think she's speaking to the broad, you know, other 90% of the people that have no idea what's going on that. Yeah. Something like this is coming now in terms of XRP ruling over the world. I'm not sure if she has any inside information on that or not, that that's going to happen. I don't think. Uh, I think there's going to be a battle for that space. This is a big, big, um, what's the word? Um, pie, right? There's a big prize out there, and everybody's going to want it. XRP want it. Ripple's going to want it. JP Morgan's got their own thing. Everybody's going to be fighting for this app. This is not going to be like, oh, an easy slam dunk win. This is going to, I think, be one of those things where you're going to see a lot of push and pull and fighting. And, and, and we may not really see who the true winner who ends up owning the space for a very for, for a while uh, as these different technologies get pushed out there. But I think Ripple has put themselves in a position to have a solution that at least is going to give them a chance to uh, to play in this game. Let me ask you one quick follow up, and I'm going to send you in a very specific direction here, Johnny. One of the things that was very apparent to me is she said currently Banks do not have the ability to communicate with one another. And that's the revolutionary change that Ripple is making. Yes. Well, I just thought about this. Banks for the first time ever are going to be incentivized to not only work with one another, but collaborate on the same ledger. Do you think that gives Ripple, I guess, a better probability of having what she's calling a global takeover instead of this segregated society where, uh, where, where side chains are com communicating with one another? Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point. So uh, banks... Are, are do have a hard time talking to each other and i don't know if anybody has heard of zell but if you've heard of zell that was the bank's first attempt to try and connect them all together to talk to each other and not all banks use it but that you're already starting to see step one the banks know there's something thank you Fari. there's something missing out there and it's that communication for them to be able to talk to each other and in, in, in this day and age of 2023 that shouldn't even be a scenario but yet it is. And Zell was step one of bringing them together. Now, the whole blockchain piece of it and this whole, you know, bank to bank communication and the XRP system and quant and all these other layers of JP Morgan coin and, and R3 and quarter and, and Corium, all that stuff. That I think is going to be the, 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 the next attempt to bring them more closer together, all communicating and being able to have one entire system. So this is how things work. The world works. They move in integrated steps from one step to the other to get closer to where they want to be. You usually never get there on the first try. And so I think, yes, to answer your question, Ripple is in a good position to maybe be that next form of Zelle, if that makes sense. I found that to be very interesting, Johnny. But one of the things that I think everyone should be aware of, banks do not communicate with one another right now. JP Morgan doesn't communicate with Bank of America. Bank of America doesn't communicate with Goldman Sachs. And that's the biggest change that's left in the background when we're talking about blockchain tech. We talk about governance, decentralization, tokenization of assets, but nobody talks about the ability for banks to now work together and communicate with one another. Gonzo, what was most important to you about that video we watched? Yeah, when you think about it, like that was the whole like kind of use case when Ripple first came out, right? Was the messaging service between the banks, like RippleNet, XRapid, all that stuff. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but it was to create a messaging service throughout the banks and then turn that into like value or money being moved through the banks, right? I think that was like the, the original idea of, of XRP and how that came up. 
Um, look, man, I, I don't know that lady. I don't know if she works for Wells Fargo or not, but she hasn't said, she didn't say anything like crazy that we, like Coach Amy has been talking about for the last few years, right? That we're moving, we're being transitioned to a new financial system. And you could see that, you know, they're trying to get rid of cash, right? They could say whatever they want about how nefarious crypto is and digital assets and all that stuff and that criminals use it and terrorists use it. But really it's cash, right? Because they can't control cash. And when it really comes down to, it comes down to taxes and then being able to control how much money you have and how much taxes they can take from your money, right? And so starting with the C-19 of them, you know, correlating cash with C-19 and it was dirty money. And remember all that? That was like the first phase of them trying to get rid of it. And you look in other countries, right? Uh, I think the U.S. is usually kind of sometimes the last to kind of hit certain things that develop in the world. But we saw in Australia, right? Like they had, I think it was in Australia, wasn't it, Abs? Where they got rid of tons of cash and there was like a, a, a maximum of cash that you can have. And there's other countries that are doing the same thing. So little by little, they're going to eradicate cash because they don't want you in cash because they can't control what you do in cash. And that's what it really comes back to. Does it Now, as far as like Ripple taking over everything, I don't, I don't know about that. Like, trust me, I would love that. It would be like we've, Dude, it's a wrap for all of us, right? But I think it's going to be more of uh, multiple uh, uh, protocols or blockchains that are going to be in that space. I think some are going to be because of the tech. Some are going to be because they were first movers or because of the relationships that they built, right? But I think you're going to get like a couple, right? You're not going to get one. You're going to get a couple. Johnny, we're going to move on right here. But one of the things that I wanted to point out to our listeners is the statistic about money printing since 2020. Over 80% of all the U.S. dollars in circulation today took place between 2020 and 2023. And look at this. They shouldn't have put red on top of black here. They should have done uh, white on top of black so we could see the graphic better. But this is a rocket shot up in 2020. And as you can tell, this level of inflation is really yet to hit these markets. So I just wanted to spend a minute or two addressing this. As you look at the amount of money printed in the market today, how long until that money floods into assets like real estate, like tokenized assets that we talk about every day? Um, you know, in terms of the, I'm not sure of the lag of what it takes there, but we know that that was a huge injection of cash into 2020 because of the C word. And that is going to work its way through all of the economy. And we saw it go through, you know, we saw 2 trillion, almost 3 trillion market cap in, in, in crypto alone right so you saw that the money worked its way through all of it. it's already gone and through there i think in my opinion most of that cash has now worked its way through the system and has landed back in the hands of what does coach always say if you give out a million dollars it would hand it would land in the hands of about you know one percent of the of the world right or something like that so that's where that money probably most of it is now abs i think is oh sorry guys i gotta turn that off but um at the end of the day that's what you're looking at is that money going through the system and then back to the top. As, as Yusko likes to say, you know, we got that pyramid and that money flows to the top. And I think that's where it all is. I think it's already all through the system, to be honest with you, Abs, most of it. Well, here's some very positive news for all of our listeners out there. And we got 333 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. It was companies like BlackRock, JP Morgan, and Goldman Sachs that were the most critical of blockchain technology only five years ago. These are the same companies that are endorsing and building on that technology today. And I'm really excited about this next article. JP Morgan Chase is exploring blockchain tech for cross-border payments. And no, this is not an update on the Onyx blockchain. This is a brand new product. JP Morgan is reportedly considering the use of blockchain technology to create a digital deposit token for faster cross-border payments and settlement. What this appears to me, guys, is like a direct competitor to what we just described with XRP. Am I right, Gonzo? U.S. banks are already developed the necessary infrastructure for the innovative payment system, said J.P. Morgan, but now they're aiming to launch the deposit token for its corporate clients within a year. The deposit token would be easily would easily enable money transfers for clients as long as they're with other banks. Additionally, it would be suitable for settling trades of tokenized securities issued on the blockchain. And this asset, this conversation about tokenized securities, it's becoming more important every day. The CFTC is actually addressing crypto regulation right now, and they're focused on tokenized assets as well. So deposit, deposit tokens, which are digital coins representing a deposit claim at a commercial bank, have the potential to transform traditional finance, said JP Morgan. For example, 
By utilizing blockchain technology, transactions can be processed instantaneously, leading to faster payments and potentially reducing transaction costs. So Gonzo, I want to get down into the specifics of this article. And what I'm seeing before our eyes is the banks are beginning to profit off of crypto, tokenized assets, facilitating payments. All of this is happening before our eyes. But how do you feel about JP Morgan coming out with a private product, not building on top of these decentralized blockchains? Yeah. And you know that. So a lot of this stuff doesn't concern like the customer. It's not customer, customer. It's all like bank to bank or institution to institution. That's what they're building. Right. And then at the end of the day, we kind of get the leftovers. But this is what they're building for. They're building for the institutions. And so I'm not surprised. Right. They had their um, they see how the technology is able to revolutionize traditional finance. And they're trying to take advantage of it, right? They're trying to be early adopters of the technology. While, you know, Jamie Dominey just a few years ago was saying that Bitcoin was rat poison, that he would fire anyone that bought it. And then he tries to act as if like the Bitcoin blockchain is different than Bitcoin itself. And it's not, it's just confusion. And we know because we're in this, right? And the people that are in the chat, they, they study and they're in this. So we know that it's different, but like, this is the first time that we've able we've ever been able to get ahead of them when it comes to these digital assets. And so that's why it's really important that you kind of do your own research and that you kind of look into this and you don't fall into these narratives because at the end of the day, there's going to be multiple blockchains, not one that rules them all that do different things. There's going to be some for payments, some for crypto gaming, some that the government likes to use for like security of documents and licensing and things like that. And so you know, it's important to kind of, especially in these times when the market gets very boring uh, and sideways that, you know, you continue to do your research. At least that's what I'm doing, because you want to be here when this thing finally takes off. You don't want to come in when, you know, CNBC is talking about Bitcoin at, you know, about to break all time high. And that's when people come in, right? That's people come in to buy that. And let's say we do go to 100,000. They've only made, you know, they've made some profits, but it's not as not, it's not as much profits as if you would have been in at, you know, 25,000 or 20,000 or even last year at, you know, 16, 17, 18,000. Well, Gonzo, this is the first major U.S. bank to introduce digital tokens for real world use. And what caught my attention before we kick it to Johnny here is the fact that they announced the infrastructure is already built out. They're not building the infrastructure anymore. They have the systems and processes in place. This is now about implementation. And that's what we've been waiting for for years, guys. So welcome to 2023 the year of institutional adoption, like we've been saying, Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, you tell me, were you surprised that the infrastructure is already built out? We know they've been building this technology since 2016. You know, no, not not at all. Like being a part of the Merlin team really opened my eyes because like for a job, that, that's what Johnny does. He's into tech, right? And so I was coming into the tech world, but it really did open my eyes to how long these things take and the different phases of the technology um, to get it just perfect and right. And so, you know, there's no way that they just started doing this. They've been building the infrastructure of this for years, testing it, and it's just kind of coming to the surface now. And like I've said this before, like we're they're, they've all said this, whether it's layer twos, whether it's the layer ones or one of the other protocols, they're all starting to talk about like the base foundation or their final kind of the, like, like with layer twos, like ZK technology, that seems to be like, that's going to be, the the final phase of what like matic and some of the other layer twos look like right and so once you have the 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 base of the infrastructure built it's what gets built on top of it right and we're kind of in that transition phase where they're building the foundation and then now we got to see like what they're going to build on top of it and that's what i'm excited for is what they built on top of the base layer Johnny Crypto, we got a bunch of exciting articles to get into before the end of this episode. We're going to talk about the CFTC working on United States crypto regulation, but also Gonzo just brought up Polygon and they teamed up with the largest asset manager in Korea yesterday. Now they are working with a company that manages over 500 billion in total assets. So that's really, really exciting. And guys, we got 351 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And let's try to break 400 followers by the end of the episode or 400 live viewers. But Johnny, give me your thoughts on the JP Morgan news. Were you expecting this? What, what's on your mind? Uh, I mean, well, was I expecting? I mean, they're going to they're going to be bleeding this. OK, so they're going to be kind of this is this is their space and they're they're not going to let anybody come in their abs without them having a say in it. And so for me, that's what it's going to come down to. 
is you know what's that system that they're looking at and how much of it can other uh technologies get into that game what what i would love to see is for jp morgan to come out and say hey we're adopting ripples technology that's what the that's that to me is the home run if you want to know home run the home run so you want to talk about a grand slam that's the grand slam yeah there you go gonzo that's it right off the park but we haven't heard that and i'm not so sure we're, we're ever going to hear that because i think if they were going to partner with ripple they would have done it already or i think we know there was early partnership and it kind of fell apart so for me, that to me is always going to be the challenge is Ripple's fighting this uphill battle of, of not being partners with one of the biggest players in the space. And you mentioned it, right? A competition, a, competi- a, a, a competition to their technology. So that's what we have to keep our eye on. And that's why you can't put all your horses, all your uh, all your coins in one. Fl- you can't put all your eggs in one basket, right? You have to diversify. You got to make sure you have multiple uh, horses in the race. And um, but in terms of the uh, the Korean news, yeah, Polygonmatic. I mean, that you know, that's that's big news as well. That's just a big, big pile of money that we're talking about here that they partnered with. And I've always felt Matic Polygon has a place to play. You know, everybody thought that they were going to kind of disappear, but they're they're going to be here. ETH is going to be here, and Matic is going to be here. I think those are two really good long term um, investment hold hold type plays. Again, not financial advice. Not financial advice. Do your advice. You do your own do your own research. But I really, really think they have a stronghold on the first mover advantage. Ethereum does. And Matic being a, a layer two on that, I think, is also going to be here for a long time to play. We are going to get into that North Korea news with Polygon, Johnny. But this was another article that everybody in the XRP community was talking about yesterday. This is something that people are misconstruing as a, as a failure of a test trial What the Republic of Palu did yesterday is they ended their pilot program with Ripple. And one of the people reporting on this said it was a negative article. We're going to bring the facts because, guys, this is actually very positive news for everything that Ripple is developing on their network. So what this man stated is that the previous article was absolutely not accurate. Palu is absolutely looking forward to continuing our partnership with Ripple using the XRPL to redefine our stablecoin solution. The, the Palu stablecoin was always temporary, research, and a development pilot. Originally, it was scheduled for 30 days, but they actually extended the trial an additional 30 days to test some additional use cases discovered along the way. They would also allow more people to participate due to the popular demand. So, Johnny, very, very funny how fake news circulates around Twitter these days. As we look at this market more, you got to dig deep into these articles. You can't just take the headlines for what they are. So a lot of people were saying this is a failure for Ripple. They terminated the partnership. Turns out it's positive news, and I wanted to address it on our show. So what do you take away from this, and we'll kick it to Gonzo? You know, I had a good friend of mine. He was an attorney, and he used to say to me all the time, never you know, read just the headlines. Make sure even the articles themselves, read through them thoroughly. And then when you read through them, it's really just somebody. Every article is just somebody's interpretation of something. Okay, and so um, without having the real facts and the real details, it makes it hard to understand what's going on. And you're just reading somebody else's belief. So, you, so you're spot on, Abs. you got to be very careful in that. Now, the way to think about this from a technology perspective is it was a test. So, yeah, of course it ended because it was a freaking test. And, you know, when we set up and we do tests in the technology space, we set something up and we build a partnership and we test for you know, 10 days or 30 days or six months or whatever the test is, you know, trial is going to do. You do it. Okay. And when you're done, you come to a conclusion with it. It doesn't mean you're not then going to move forward, but the test itself is completed. And I think that's what the, the original statement was like, Hey, we're concluding our test. Now anybody can take that and interpret that. And some people can interpret it and say, oh, my God, they're ending the test. This is bad. It's over. Like, no, that's how it works. You see what I mean? So it's so easy to spin something any way you want. And that's why you love the GMC show, because we are the no spin zone. We don't spin shit over here. We just tell you like it is. So in this case, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't read too deep into it. Um, what you want to be looking for next is, OK, they ended the test. Now, what are the next steps? What are their plans? Are they going to? Are they going to not get an right here, Johnny? And I did not mean to cut you off, but check out this. The last line says the report will include recommendations for the next pilot and also requirements for a full production program. Oh, there and, you that's, and that's what you want to be looking for. That's you want to keep your eyes on when that next report comes out, that recommendation report and what they're recommending and suggesting. 
there's a high probability because they had a successful test that they're going to be recommended moving forward with that system is what I would guess. But that's what you're kind of looking for. That's the kind of stuff that validates where the future is going, at least in, in, with Palau, right, where they're going to be heading. And, and then other countries may, may, may tap on that and may leverage it. Palau is a very, very tiny little island with like 12 people on it. No offense. I'm just kidding. It's just very small. It's funny because I actually wanted to go and visit there. It's funny that they actually do it a trial. But nonetheless, Abs, that is the thing to look for. Forget these articles of, oh, they ended the trial. No. What you're looking for is when that report comes out, what does it say? And you can bet we'll have it here on GMC. Well, Gonzo, I, it reminds me of a statement from Monica Long earlier this week, the president at Ripple today. She said the past couple of years have been a real tipping point for institutional DeFi, where even the biggest banks are embracing this technology as the future and they have to adapt or die. And it appears that Palu is in the process of adapting, my friend. So before we get into the Polygon news, what do you take away from all this? Yeah, you know, it was probably a Bitcoin maxi that put out that FUD news. Who knows, right? Um that's but, like, at the end of the day, you got to do your own, like, kind of research and then because it's never really what it seems. But, like, what I've seen over the last, like, few weeks, if not, like, the few months is a real shift. Like, you know, if you're, like, a fundamental investor, you have to be super bullish on this market. You've had all these fundamental news that have come out uh, regarding different blockchains, not just Bitcoin and the ETFs, but with Solana. Ethereum, XRP, XDC, right? All of this stuff. And unfortunately, it hasn't translated to market, uh, to, to price action, right? And so you just have to be patient because eventually all of these fundamental news will kick into narratives, will eventually kick in to people coming back, right? Especially going to the end of next year or at the end of this year and going to next year with the Bitcoin having and the narratives that'll come in. And then eventually everything goes up and then it'll be like that thing. We're like, oh man, I wish I would have bought more. Right. We're, we're in that phase that we're literally like not financial advice, but we're in that phase of later on, like in six to 12 months from now, when prices are way, way higher, we, we, we sit around the room and we go, man, I wish I would have bought more. I, you know, I wish XRP was at 50 cents. I wish XCC was back at four cents. You know, I wish Bitcoin was at you know, 25 K if it was only at 25 K I'd put in this and that. Right. And so that is the illusion of the market. That is how it messes with your emotions and it gets you not to buy at the opportune times and then not to sell at the opportune times. And Johnny, I'd love to tell a quick story before I get your input here. I actually have a friend. He's much older than I am. I think he's in his late 40s. And we've always talked about Bitcoin. We've known each other for years. And I started off not as an XRP maxi. Remember, I was a Bitcoin guy four or five years ago. So we went through the whole market cycle and now we've come back and we had a great conversation last week where he just bought a $400,000 car. And I'm not saying any names, so right, I can say numbers, but a guy buys a $400,000 car, but he comes to me and he goes, listen, I've been looking at this Bitcoin thing. What do you think? And I go, you just bought a $400,000 car, but you're not willing to put a $25,000 risk on something that people much smarter than myself agree is going to six, even seven figures in the next eight years there will be a shift in sentiment very quickly. And I think that's a great example because he's a wealthy businessman, very successful in the domain that he works in, but he still doesn't understand cryptocurrency and he still sees it as a fake concept. So I wanted to get your thoughts and then we'll continue. I'm so happy that you shared that story. I really am because that tells me there's still time to buy because once everybody thinks it's safe to buy Bitcoin, guess what? It's too late. It's too late, boys. It's over. You're going to wish you had bought it. You need to buy now when it's unsafe. And that's why most people will never make it into the 1% world. Because to be a 1%er, you have to go against safety. And nobody, most people, I mean, we're warriors. We're different. We don't care about safety. You know, we go against the grain, right? You have to be afraid to go. You cannot be afraid to go against your own gut feeling. And that's the problem. But if you listen to the smart investors like Buffett, he'll tell you, buy when there's blood in the streets, buy when there's fear in the streets, buy, he literally said, somebody said, buy when you feel like puking, but most people can't buy if it's going to make them puke. See, we buy, we, I say, my, I guess I've just been swallowing my puke all this time. And we've Dude, all been buying, you know, buying when it's puking right now. Listen, I'm not going to lie, man. And it's funny because I didn't really know my exact averages until I hooked up to Merlin. 
But Atta so boy. I bought, and I remember calling uh, Mario, but I bought Bitcoin at 16,000 and 19,000, right? When I didn't know what I was doing, I had bought some Bitcoin in the middle of the summer when it dipped. I think I got it at 35. I think the bottom was 32. I had no idea what I was like doing, just like bought it. So, but like I bought it 16 and 19. Merlin showed me like the, the, the average price. But I'm telling you, I felt sick to my stomach. I remember calling Mario and be like, bro, like I just bought some Bitcoin and it was the most uncomfortable feeling ever. And he's like, that's usually a signal that it was a good time to buy. And look how that's played out, right? When it was happening, it was the most uncomfortable thing ever. But we're at what, 25 something? You know, most people think that we might not break 20. Like even if we go back down to the all time low, which is 15.8 right now, that's still not a buy, a bad average. And so, uh, look, you still have to do your research. Don't just buy blindly. But I'm, I'm telling you, it's the manipulation of the market with your emotions. Oh, this- 100%. go ahead. Hundred percent that the game is rigged against your emotions. I mean, and if you've if you're in the academy, you would have seen our presentation at the last. Um, actually, we did it twice now. Um, I forgot the, uh, the the Freedom Conference. So if you're at 2023 Freedom Conference or the XR Royalty Conference, you would have seen. We, we have a presentation that shows you how your emotions are used against you, okay? So the reality is you have to learn how to take the emotion out of the game. That's partly why we did Merlin. Merlin will take that out on the exit side. But you can't exit if you don't get in, and you have to learn how to take the emotions out of that. And hopefully you're learning from this show. you got to buy when it feels horrible and sell when it feels good. Well, sell when, sell when you don't want to sell. you got to literally do what you don't want to do. You got to buy when you don't want to buy, and you got to sell when you don't want to sell. That's it. That's simple. We just gave it away for you. And this is the great thing. We got a psychology cheat sheet for our listeners right now from Yahoo Finance. And Johnny, I remember this was a part of your presentation at the Freedom event that we had this spring. It It says, you got to sell during thrill and euphoria when all of your friends and family are approaching you saying, I'm so excited about Bitcoin. I'm buying some myself. That's when you say, oh, God, I got to sell because this thing is about to go down and the banks, they're about to start making a profit on our assets. So, Johnny... Close us out and we'll continue. And it's so hard at that point in time to actually hit the sell button. Trust me, I know. I I, I, couldn't, I couldn't hit the sell button. And then finally, I remember the words Coach said. And he's like, no, I made a plan. I'm sticking to it. And I said the same thing to myself. And I hit the sell button and sold that Cardano, I don't know, somewhere much higher than it is today. And now today, I am so thankful I hit the sell button. But I'm not going to say it wasn't easy. And it's not going to be easy in the next bull run either. And that's why you need this. Because when you have Merlin, and I'm not, it's just a shameful plug, I guess, at this point. But the reality is, the reason why it works is because it's going to take the emotion out of it. You're going to get an alert that says, you said you wanted to sell here. Guess what? Your target's here. Now you got to go and execute, right? And if people do that, man, they're going to be putting money in the bank rather than being the liquidity for somebody. You can either be the bank or be somebody else's bank. You want to be the bank. Make sure you're putting money in your bank and not somebody else's bank. Thank you, guys. And Gonzo, I'm going to get your comments first on this next article because I just realized we got like four great articles to end the show with, but we only have 18 minutes. So, guys, I can't say this much more often. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Usually I'll say it 20, 30 times. This time you're only going to get it about 15 in this episode. But the CFT's fam, an employee there, says the U.S. needs to speed up crypto regulation because other countries are quickly creating their frameworks. So what she is recommending from the CFTC is a government-run pilot program that could be the answer for crypto regulation. The CFTC can sponsor a program to support the development of compliant digital asset market and tokenization. Pam proposed that the program should be a time-limited and designed from a series roundtable discussion between regulators and stakeholders. She also stated that I am optimistic that this approach will ensure the integrity of our markets. It will foster liquidity and competition, address potential conflicts and risks, as well as prevent fraud and abusive practices, as well as manipulation. U.S. agencies could get the ball rolling on policies that work for everyone, said the CFTC, and we're missing out on opportunities to capitalize on all the benefits of this technology before us, while others are taking a more strategic and long-term view. The U.S. may soon find ourselves constantly playing catch-up and unable to effectively leverage this technology for economic growth, What institutions and central banks, as well as asset managers, have known from 2016 and 2017 is that the real opportunity to modernize financial asset infrastructure is through the tokenization of real assets. And guys, that is a tongue twister to say the least.
but it gets me real excited to read it. So Gonzo, I'm going to start with you and kick it to Johnny. How do you feel about the CFTC not only acknowledging that they want to run a pilot program, but stating institutions have been privately working on this since 2016? Look, I, I get it that we don't want to see regulation. We want to regulate ourselves, but in the crypto industry, but unfortunately that's just not going to happen. If you're going to want this institutional money to come in, you're going to need some type of regulation. And so with that lens, I say that it's been refreshing to see how she has dealt with things at the CFTC and the way that she speaks, as opposed to the SEC, right, with Gary Gensler. Two different approaches completely, right? She's even talked about, I think it's in the article, about working with the SEC, like, you know, on her side, Hester Pierce, right? And, and, and on the SEC side, Hester Pierce, Pierce has been, you know, very reasonable with, with her harbor um, safe rule uh, of coming in. And this is just like another program that seems very common sense. I understand that they're government regulators and usually we hate that kind of stuff, but at least it's not Gary Gensler and the stupid rhetoric that he's been throwing. And so it's, uh, for me, it's uh, not, uh, I don't want to say bullish for the space, but it's refreshing to see a regulator speaking with some common sense. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. What I really like about this article is she's stating that other countries are heating up when it comes to crypto regulation. So that's why the U.S. has to act. We often act like we control global markets, Johnny, but it's very clear that Asia controls the majority of crypto. How do you feel about these statements out of the CFTC? You know, I kind of like to draw it to an analogy, Abs. I think of a football game and the score is 40 to 7 and the U.S. has 7. I mean, that's really what we're at. That's what we're facing. We, 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 were, we, were, we, we were winning the game 7 nothing. And now we're losing 40 to seven because we decided, you know, to not do anything, not to play, you know, we fell asleep for three quarters and now we're waking up and we want to play, but now we're so far behind the curve abs that we need regulation. We need to move it forward in the industry, but we're going to be a laggard in this now for a long time and probably never be a leader in it. And there's a ton of economic loss, job loss, innovation loss. It's all going to stem from other countries now. And the U S is just going to be a slow follower in this space now that's just the reality of it and it's not gonna it's not gonna lead it and so those implications mean that it's not gonna you know there won't be any benefit you know looking at the systems and if there was any benefit that the u.s would have gotten out of it it isn't gonna happen anymore it's now gonna be you know based on the countries who are actually developing this stuff and leading this stuff and now it's like oh this is how it works okay we'll just follow we'll just follow along in the background bye 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 because we decided you know we're not going to lead it and that's that's a problem i want to draw a conclusion here johnny i'm going to tie a couple of things that we've talked about this week together yesterday we showed a video of chris chris larson describing how gary gensler and biden shut down crypto operations in san francisco and they stated that that company used to dominate that area well what is ripple doing now expanding their business overseas and basically bringing bringing the XRPL everywhere except for the United States for the time being. But I also want to connect it to the JP Morgan article we showed, guys. They are pushing out regular crypto companies, but allowing tokenized assets at JP Morgan and BlackRock and Bank of America to flourish. That's what I think the real agenda is, allowing banks to profit while we're forced to adapt. So really quick statement before we move on, Johnny. What do you think of all that? Yeah, you know, you nailed it head on at the end of the day. Um, you know, there's obviously a long-term agenda in play and, and we see it now starting to shape up and what it looks like. So, um, you know, and it is true that you saw this devastating hit now to San Francisco or that area, which could have been the hub, the capital of innovation, you know, where Gonzo could have gone and got a job and other people could have got a job. And now instead he's just going to, you know, sweep the floors. It's just dust in there. You know, that's it. That's all there is. You know, <laughs> I mean, Gonzo was in front of the building, you know, and now it's going to be a, a ghost out. It's sad. Um, but that's that's just the reality of, you know, when you don't take the lead on something, you see now that that, that it's going to go somewhere. Abs. It's going to go somewhere. And there's no doubt that, you know, when there's money to be made and technologies are going to drive the future, somebody's going to uh, adapt. And Abs, maybe you can answer that question. That would be great. I'd actually prefer that you answer. So I don't All get right, I'd be happy to answer. So Merlin is already out, guys. If you got on the wait list, we've gone through the entire uh, wait list in the U.S., uh, we are not global yet, so that was one thing I probably didn't make very clear, and I probably should have done a better job of that, guys. Right now, it's U.S.-based only. If you live in the U.S., you would have received a um, an email. Uh, check your spam because we see a lot of them are going to spam uh, and junk mailboxes, but it's out there. You're invited. You can join it. People are using it right now and giving us great feedback. 
And um, if you haven't got yet, you can get on the wait list. We're still emailing out people every other day. So you'll get a shot, but you got to get on that wait list. And then I don't want to release the date yet, Abs, but we are getting close to the public launch where we're going to unlock it completely and anybody can join. And we're only a few weeks away, but I can't release the date yet, but we're getting close. All right, guys, we're going to have to go rapid fire to get through all these stories at the end of the show. So check this out. I'm going to show you Merlin really quickly because this is the product as it exists today. And we often use it on our channel. So just check it out really briefly. Beautiful optics. I've heard the user interface is amazing. I've got no bias here. Am I right, Johnny? But let's get into our articles that we have prepared as Polygon just signed up with the largest asset manager in Korea, potentially bringing $500 billion in tokenized assets to these blockchains. And what gets me excited about this, guys, it's what Gonzo has been saying. There are going to be sleeper picks in the top 20 that we often don't talk about that profit massively during this next bull run. And I think this is some evidence right here. So Polygon has just inked a new memorandum of understanding with Myra Asset Securities, a $500 billion financial group from South Korea. They're going to be developing, sorry, Polygon is the development entity behind Ethereum. What they're going to be building on Polygon here is the tokenization of securities. And this is so exciting because it's not the only big partnership that Polygon has inked. Just this February of 2023, Polygon partnered with Hamilton Lane, an $830 billion investment major. And this is really exciting, Gonzo. So I know that we have to rush just a little bit, but for the sake of time, Polygon is the scaling solution for Ethereum and Ethereum dominates this market right now. I've already stated this is one of my sleeper picks for 2025. How do you feel about the tokenization news out of Korea? Yeah, I'm not surprised, especially when you think about the next upgrade, EIP-4844, which is uh, going to unlock a lot of the layer twos and make them a lot faster, a lot more scalable, and a lot cheaper, especially with Polygon. Like Polygon is, let's say it's going to go from a couple of dollars to a couple cents uh, per transaction. So um, like I said, we said this before when we talked about them, like they have already kind of seen their final phase of what they want to look like as far as ZK rollups, right? How they scale Ethereum. Um, and Matic has always been kind of like a Swiss army knife. They've always looked at the problem in different ways. And so they kind of picked different scaling solutions, bought different companies and people always thought, well, like, you know, it's going to be very fragmented and it might not work out. But with ZK rollups, they were able to connect all of those kind of scaling solutions that like the swim, swim army knife, right? It's the connection point. And so I think these guys are going to do very big things um, and, you know, do your own research. But yeah, I'm definitely a, a believer in, in Polygonmatic. And, and some of the other ones too that are going to come out that are not even out yet that are using ZK technology. Gonzo, I'm kicking it right back to you for this article as well, because there's been a lot of speculation about Binance being the black swan event for crypto. Well, here's a little evidence that it might not be the case as Binance has released its 10th reserve audit report, and according to the report, Binance hold an amount exceeding the necessary amount for customer funds. Given this, is there still a reason to doubt Binance? And as you can tell, they own over 100% of the required amount for every single currency. XRP, which is really interesting, they've got 2,500,600,373 XRP here. That's a big wallet for XRP, Gonzo, but you tell me. Uh, Johnny, that was funny that you blocked that guy. Uh, Gonzo, you tell me, are you worried about Binance or not? Listen, if they go after Binance, it won't be for anything that they're doing right now because they seem like they're on the up and up. They're putting these audits out. They're putting out information. But the bottom line is, is that they're going to go after them for something they've done in the past, right? You hear like SBF and his attorneys talking about that he's going to whistleblow. He's going to talk about like what other people are doing. And you think about the FUD that surrounded USDT and some of the other exchanges at their inception point where, do I think that they did some pretty shady stuff to survive and make it through bear markets? Absolutely, right? What it comes down to is what happens now? Are they able to prove it? You had that story about the SEC filing a, a, a confidential kind of thing with the courts. Usually they reserve that for when they're protecting a witness or do they have a witness inside of finance or they do it to protect a DOJ investigation. So do we have like a criminal investigation that's coming down the pipe? Do I think it's going to take down the crypto market? No, I think we're going to get some kind of correction. Uh, Black swans usually are, we don't know they're coming, 
people have been kind of seeing this coming with Binance. So I don't think it'll be the black swan. Um, I, I think black swans are usually something that we don't see coming. Yeah, that's that's I I don't even know why that's even considered a black swan. We, I mean, we survived SBF and that whole debacle. I, I don't think you know Binance is smarter than that. They're on the up and up. And by the way, if you guys put stupid comments in there, you will get cement shoot. All right, don't make don't don't let me cement shoe you. Aaron obviously needed to get the cement shoes. <laughs> I love that cheerio. But if you don't want to get cement shoe, just keep it respectful in the chat. We love you guys. We appreciate you. But we don't want it, you know, we don't want no disruptiveness. Sorry about that. Continue, Abs. That's okay, man. I want to address one quick question. We got to get, leave me time to address this article because we got a huge Solana article for our listeners as well. But this person said, I'm super new to crypto and I have HBAR and XRP. Should I hold it or sell it during the bull run? I'm told to hold it. Here is why we created Merlin, guys. First of all, we are not financial advisors. None of this is financial advice. But 90% of the money that comes into crypto exits on the back end. And that's because all the financial firms need to make a profit off of that growth. So Johnny, the answer to that question is create an exit plan. If I, you're going to ask me for my advice, I am not a financial advisor. This is what I'm doing with my portfolio. 65% is in my exit strategy. 35% I am holding. Even if XRP hits $1,000, that crypto will remain in my portfolio. So hopefully that helps Johnny, but let's get into this last article due to the fact that we're short on time. This is an article out of Stella right here. They are informing their listeners that something cool is coming to the network. So give me 60 seconds to cover this. I'm going to kick it to you. It mentions the category change as brand while adding that it will be bringing Stellar to the real world in the next five days. They said changes in the air and the category is brand. We're bringing Stellar to the real world in five days. Keep your eyes locked. And they also went on to note that something cool is coming to the network. So Pure speculation. They've given us no indicators besides that. But you tell me, bro, what do you think? Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> they probably got some news, obviously, if they want to rile people up and get them all excited about. So we'll have to wait and see. I think at the end of the day, what's what, what was interesting is what you talked about earlier on in tokenization. Tokenization, I think, is where there's going to be a huge, huge play. Uh, oh, there you go, Abs. You're a financial advisor now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> financial friends we're financial, financial friends. friends that's right you know i i actually think we should spend some time talking about this, this is very important is you have to look at when when things are going up and going down you want to ladder out and that's what merlin is going to help you do because as ab said and if he shows that chart earlier as he showed that the wall street cheat sheet you see that you know there's a big crash on the back end and if you don't want to end up falling into that crash which you will most of us will get suckered into it if you don't want that to happen, then you're going to want to exit out on the upside and then take some of those bags with you in the future. Don't pull a Johnny Crypto either and sell all your Amazon in 1997. That was retarded to me, right? Don't do that either, but don't hold it all. You know, you kind of, oh, Abs has it. There it is. You There it is, right? See that? See that? See, like, if you've got a snowboard or you're on a set of skis, then this hill is great, right? This slope is fantastic. You want to be at the top and ride that son bitch down. But if that's your money in there, you, you don't want to be writing that down. You want to ladder on the way up and ladder out and, and take certain percentages along the way. Maybe sell 10%, 20% on the way up, right? And then say to yourself, okay, how much do I want to carry with me into the future? You know, whether, you know, in 2030, 2035, because we know some of these are going to win. And if you sell it all now, then you're going to sell off that upside potential to become a potential millionaire or who knows, multimillionaire in the future, and don't you don't want to do that. So abs, I love your plan. 6535 sounds like a pretty cool one. And you know, I've got some of mine set up like that too in different areas. And and people just have to do what's great for them. But I think this is a really, really good conversation. So sorry to drag it out. No, I appreciate it, Johnny. And I think a lot of our listeners are finding value here. I just want to simplify this a little bit. This chart is simulating a price chart. So this euphoria tab where you should be selling your crypto is a $69,000 Bitcoin. This would be November of 2021 at the peak of the market. And that's when the articles from CNBC and Fox News were in full effect telling everyone crypto is now going mainstream. So remember, do not look at the mainstream media to figure out what you should be doing. They're creating the liquidity for the banks so everybody can profit. But Gonzo, we got like a minute left. You give me your thoughts and happy Friday. Yeah, you know, um, just to answer the question, I think we're in the depression, not the depression, the boredom stage. And then we'll get a pullback that'll put us into the depression space. I've been monitoring the total market cap of all the altcoins because we're altcoin heavy. And I believe it's a Wyckoff schematic too for now, right? Unless we cause a spring. Uh, I've been showing that. So that answers your question, Ivan. Um, but yeah, you know, I think it's, 
you know, it all depends on what your thesis is. You first need to figure out what your thesis is. If like, let's say you're well off and you don't need to make extra money and you just want to build like a retirement and you're going to buy stuff and you're going to hold these things for 10, 15 years, then that's great. And that's your investment thesis. But if you're looking to accumulate like at the top dollars at the bottom tokens, then you're going to have to sell. Not all of it. Like everyone has their different number. Like, you know, you guys heard the abs. I'm a little bit more depending on the asset, but on some of these assets, I'll probably sell, I would say 80, 80 to 85% and take wow. 15 into the future. On yep. some other assets like XRP, I'll hold more. Thank you so much, Gonzo. And see, everybody has a different exit strategy. Every Everyone has a difference of opinion, but we all use Merlin, guys. And we got 327 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I hope everybody has an amazing weekend. We'll see you guys in 72 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Woo! Let's go. Let's go.